Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Thursday, August 26, 221 day. It is gorgeous outside. It's hot. I know there's a lot of noise in the background, and that's just a million crickets and a billion flies, but it's hot. I'll have to have the windows open. Coming right up, it's 1 Samuel chapter 7. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, building a functioning website, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa Mastercard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. The Companion Chapel is located at number 338, Side Road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And come on out for the Bible study every Monday and Thursday in the old Thompson's Furniture Store, right downtown Paisley, Ontario, Canada. You can't miss it. 7 p.m. We're doing the Book of Matthew on Mondays and the Book of Revelation on Thursdays. And today on podcast, we're doing 1 Samuel chapter 7. Let's get right down into it. This is just the greatest thing. Watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1. And the men of Kerjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar, that means set him aside, his son, to keep the ark of the Lord. That's good. This is uh, Kirjath-Jerim, is city of forests, marking the landmark of the northern boundary of Judea. And Eleazar means God is help. And finally, he's a Levite. He knows the rules. And it came to pass, when the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Now this word lamented is different than the word lamented in verse 19 of chapter 6. Back then, people lamented because the Lord had smitten many of the people with the great slaughter. And this word lamented in the Hebrew language is naha. And it's on page 537 of your lexicon. It's Strong's number 5091. It means groaned, wailed, lamented with complaint. This word lamented down here, all Israel lamented. This is a long time to be whining and complaining. Uh, 20 years. This word is different. It's Abba in page 4 of your lexicon, Hebrews number, uh, in the Hebrew uh, concordance number 56. This means with regret or sadness. They mourned after the Lord. Verse 3, watch what Sammy does here. Watch old Samuel. And Samuel spake unto the house of the Lord, saying, or spake unto the house of Israel. Here's some conditions if you guys want to start moping around and complaining and and lamenting and being sad and regretful. Here you go. This is what you do and this is for us today. Remember, all God's prophecies occur and develop in preliminary and partial happenings, for example, to us before they become fulfilled and permanent. As it's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, all these things happen for examples to us. So if you have uncertainties, anxieties, and, and you have sadness and regret about the state of the planet and about the state of God's children, we're all part of the human family here, then listen up here, because God's going to tell us through Samuel. If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, 
Now don't, uh, don't overread that. With all your heart. Then put away the strange gods of Ashroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. It's out of the hand of the enemy. Philistines just was, means migratory people. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Asheroth and served the Lord only. What's this Balaam and Asheroth? Balaam is the male divinity of lewd sexual behavior. I don't know. Is that going on right? Is that going on right now? Absolutely. Pornography sites have billions of hits, and you're seeing lewd sexual behavior being celebrated, even paraded around. Now let me tell you something to the homosexuals. Some guy came up to me and said, okay, you know what? Your God is horrible. I can't believe Christians. I hate Christians because it says that we should all be put to death, homosexuals. And I said, look, man, sit down and listen. Listen to this. First off, God loves you, and I love you too, but I don't love what you're doing. Neither does God. We're all part of the human family. I said, listen, man, we go to the same post office. We eat at the same restaurant. We go to the same grocery store. And I'm telling you, I follow God's laws. If you were to drop your groceries all over the ground, I'd be a good neighbor. I'd be right. I'd be the first one to jump out of my pickup truck, run over and help you out. No problem. Absolutely not. No hesitation. If I saw you grasping uh, your chest while you're walking down the street and fall to the ground, I'd be the first one there. I'm a good Samaritan. I don't care who you are. You're part of the human family. We, we are the same. But the thing is, you want to impose that you want to celebrate lewd sexual behavior, which is supposed to be kept between a man and a woman, and you want to celebrate it. You want me to think about crotches and groins and anuses, and that's the only difference between you and me, homosexual guy, because I love you. But don't impose on me to think about crotches and anuses and, and private parts. That's the only difference. And I could get into that flag, what that flag meant. And we're going to get into that flag when we get further in the book of Samuel. What that flag means, that you guys have the audacity to fly that. Listen, I love you. Just, I don't want to talk about your penis. And I don't want to celebrate it. Why don't you just keep it to yourself? We shop at the same stores, we go to the same post office, we eat at the same restaurants. And if I ever can help you out, I will do it. But don't impose your penis habits on me, on the moral majority, because God hates it. And it spills over into the community and causes moral repulsiveness to enter into the schools, into our children. You guys have no boundaries. Learn to control yourself. Learn to say no to yourself. I love everybody. I love the whole human family. But no, I don't want to go around parading around. And I, I've been to the pride parades. I've seen it. It's all about penises and private parts. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see that. That's lewd to me. That's morally repulsive to me. That's revolting to me. A man and a woman are supposed to look at each other like one. Not for self-gratification and lewd sexual behavior. And the Ashtaroth here in verse 4. That's the female divinity, divinity of lewd sexual behavior. That's where we get our Easter from. Can you imagine what God thinks? Can you imagine how much it hurts God 
when you use that word Easter on the high day of Christianity Passover, when we're supposed to be celebrating the crowning point of Christianity, which was at the cross of Calvary where prophecy was fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven became in accordance with this divine written word, in accordance with reality. Our Lord Jesus Christ took the lowest earthly position. He suffered more than any of us could ever imagine. Satan mopped the floor with him. And Jesus Christ did not crack. He did that for us. And because he held his own and Father was well pleased with him, it gave him the right to set up a kingdom of heaven that is valid, it is legit, it will not accommodate evil. It will not accommodate vain emotions of selfishness, of lewd sexual behavior, of regret, blame, disappointment in others, disdain at others. How could this guy come up to me and say, I hate you because you're a Christian? I said, I love you. I don't care who you are. We're all part of the human family. I don't love what you're doing, and I don't want to talk about penises, anuses, and other private parts. And that's all there is to it. There's no jealousy or discontent or resent in the kingdom of heaven. None of these things penetrated our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no mistrust or insecurity or anxiety or possessiveness or feelings of entitlement. Pointing fingers at others and hating them for no reason. Oh, I don't think like you because I know how to say no to myself. So you hate me? Oh, that's too bad because if I see you drop your groceries, you're going to have to deal with it. I'm going to help you pick them up. If I see you drop on the sidewalk holding your chest, I can be the first one there. And if you need mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, I'll do it. Because I love you. But I don't love the lewd sexual conduct that you want to celebrate. That's the only difference between me and you, Mr. Homosexual. The only difference. So I love you to pieces. God loves you to pieces. Just can't stand what you're doing. And when we talk about that flag someday, which is soon, coming up in the book of Samuel, but what Noah's flood means, what the Ark of the Covenant means, and what that Ark represented, and why the word Ark in the New Testament is only one word. It's because what holds the siege of truth, we're supposed to broadcast, magnify, and glorify God's saving word. That's supposed to go around mocking it. God destroyed that land that was an isolated piece of property on planet Earth where there was lewd conduct going on beyond control. Anyways, we're going to talk about that later. Let's sit here. Anyways, the children of Israel put away those. Stop, they stopped worshipping this. Lewd sexual behavior. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah. That's the watchtower. And I'll pray for you unto the Lord. Sounds good. Way to go, Sammy boy. We're getting the people together here. Let's clean up the moral compass of Israel here. And they gathered together at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. When you fast, you're denying yourself and you realize your every breath of air, every morsel of food is a blessing, a mercy, and grace that none of us deserved. And we give thanks for it. Give thanks for your next breath of life. God allows it, and he expects much in return, what he gives you. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Yeah, he's the judge. God put him in charge there. Because he followed God's word. Followed God's instructions. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel 
And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. Okay, scaredy cats. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, At least they turned to the Lord through the prophet. Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us. That's right, they're asking him. And he, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. That's what the children of Israel said. They came running to Samuel. Finally, some faith happening here. Now watch this next verse. Watch what Samuel does. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried out unto the Lord for Israel. And the Lord heard him. This was the way to communicate with God before Christ. Now via repentance, we can all seek the Lord and inquire of him our concerns. But remember Proverbs 28 verse 9. Anyone who turns their ear away from God's law. That's God's instructions. Even your prayers will be an abomination to him. I can't even count how many people come up to me. God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't answer my prayers. Well, are you following God's instructions? Because if you're not, if you're making concessions, or you're trying to negotiate your way with God outside of God's word, some God's word offends you, or, or you pass off some of God's word, or you just don't study. Well, God should give me more. God should give me more. You're lucky you have clothes. You're lucky you have life. Just remember, anyone who turns their ear away from any part of God's instructions, that's this book here, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, to Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, or 21, even your prayers will be an abomination. So be careful. Now, this is the way to communicate with God before Christ through the high priest. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Here they come. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomforted them. That means he agitated them. And they were smitten before Israel. This word smitten is negach in the Hebrew language. It's uh, on page 534 of your lexicon. It means God smited them to stumble. He put discomfort, he agitated them. They got disorganized. Like they started to fall apart like a cheap lawn chair out there. This, this army coming at them. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came unto Bethkar. And Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Here to all hath the Lord helped us. Mizpah's the watchtower, Ebenezer's stone of help, and Shen means tooth, so it's just a specific place. So this Philistines, Philistines, that just means migratory ones, were subdued, and they came no more unto the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Samuel was judge, and he was in charge until Saul took over, which we're going to read about very soon in the book of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron unto Gath. That means from the wine press to this place, Ekron means torn by the roots. So they must have trashed that place before they left. And the coast thereof did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Amorites are people of the highlands. Okay, so... Why does people say to me, why does God murder so many people? God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. If there's heathenistic ways encroaching on his 
what God wants us to do, plant the seeds of truth to help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word, then he's going to require those people back because the Philistines could have just kept marching in. Look at all the cities they had before. Just kept marching in with their heathenistic ways, with their stupid Dagon God, and and their their lewd sexual behavior of celebrating Balaam and Ashtaroth, which we just went over. Heathenistic ways will crowd out the Word of God and even, even destroy it. God has to put the hammer down sometimes. All those people are instantly back with the Father, and they can see their mistake, and they have time to repent up there also. So it's not like they got just offed and they're in some coffin languishing. There's no limbo. There's no purgatory. You're instantly with the Father. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 50. You know what? Jesus Christ tells us over and over. You're instantly an angel. You're part of the host of heaven. But remember Lazarus and the rich man, Luke chapter 16. Make sure you get on the right side. Because if you're on the right side of heaven, you get to kick it with Abraham and Lazarus. And it's nice there. Or you can be on the wrong side, on the hell side. And you'll be kicking it with the rich man who just can't get over himself. He's up there bossing everybody around. Hey, hey Abraham, go, get me, go tell Lazarus to give me a glass of water. Hey, Abraham, go tell Lazarus to go show up in front of my brothers and tell them something. Like, who wants to be around that? Who wants to be around all the, all the people that just can't get over themselves? All the people who, who think they have entitlement over others. Who have spite and disdain for others. They look down at others like condescending and, and patronizing. They just think they're always right. You want to live in a place like that? That's hell. That's exactly what hell is. So let's go on. And Samuel judged Israel's all, all the days of his life. And he went from year to year in the circuit to Bethel, Gagal, Mizbez, and judged Israel in all those places. He was teaching scripture. That's how you judge. We spot now. Samuel was a judge. He tells you what's right and wrong. He tells you the truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. And always remember the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And Samuel was going around teaching it. And his return was to Ramah, for there was his house, that was his pad, his crib. And there he judged Israel, and there he built an altar unto the Lord. Good boy, Sammy. Oh, boy. That's the greatest thing. And that's all for today. I hope you're enjoying the book of Samuel. That was Samuel, Samuel chapter 7. And I wanted to ask you to come on out to the Companion Chapel Bible Study. It's down in the old Thompson Furniture Store, right on Main Street, Paisley. You can't miss it. There's a sign out front. It's called Queen Street, but it's the Main Street. There's no traffic lights in Paisley because it's so small, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Or come on out to the Companion Chapel out here while I'm trying to build this place. I'm all by myself. There's no electricity here or running water, but there is a house going up, and it's a church. Come on out. It's at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, and the postal code here is N0G2NO. Drop me a line, man. Uh, send, me, send me something on email, companionchapel at gmail.com, and I want to hear from you people. Like, takes two minutes. Send me an email. Come on out. And let's celebrate God's word. Let's help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Forming a church here. This church teaches the Bible the way God wants it to be taught. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourselves a great day. And bye for now.